Hi, welcome to Live Your Own Fit Podcast. I'm joined today by my beautiful co-host, Jamie L. Jacobs. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Uh, today we are talking about health, immunity and well-being. Uh, a few weeks ago now we asked for your questions to do with, um, you know, self-isolation and us being indoors and focusing on our health and our immunity. And we're here to answer your questions. We put it out over our Instagram to send us in your questions. Thanks to Modex, who then offered some free bottles if you're in Australia. So that was very generous of them. Um, They're a great supporter of mine and Jamie's. And our daily routine involves having some Modex every morning. It's a pycnogenol product, which basically it is from a pine bark extract, which there's been many clinical studies to show that it helps increase nitric oxide and that increases oxidation, uh, sorry, oxygen around the body, which helps reduce oxidative stress and free radicals. And yeah, I found it to be fantastic. My training has been really consistent and uh, I'm feeling good on it and it tastes great. It's a nice little shot in the morning. And yeah, Jamie's been into it as a routine as well. And so thanks very much for Modex for being part of uh, this episode in particular. And thanks to everybody who sent us some questions in over Instagram. Um, we've, we've got a wide variety of questions here on health and performance, as Jamie said. So it's going to be a deep uh, and informative podcast today. <laughs> and if we've got too many questions, questions and answers to get through, we'll just split it into part one and part two. So let's kick off with the first question. It is from uh, Toddy and he's asked, what visualisation exercises, if any, do you do pre-race? Well, personally, most of the visualisation has been done in training while I'm swimming, running, riding in the gym. That's when I'm visualising the race. And so those uh, nervous system responses, those cellular memories, you know, they become a habitual pattern and a memory so that it's not something you can just switch on pre-race you've got to have done the work and loaded those memories and responses into the muscles and the cells during training by connecting the mind and the body while you're in a calm state pushing hard physically but calm mentally that's where the power of visualization really comes into its own in the race when you need to get into the zone and rise above the pain the stress the fears and doubts it is much more natural and much easier to get in the zone in the present moment and be there. And that's the power of the mind over the body when visualization really works. But in the morning, like pre-race, that's really just about being in the moment. So I'm not necessarily going through certain sections of the race on race morning. I've already done that in training. I've visualized certain sections of the race, of the race course, of certain competitors and certain scenarios in training. And race morning, it's more just about being in the moment, being really calm. So a little bit of music, just some quiet time um, around family and friends. And um, yeah, just relaxed breathing and just being really, really present in the moment. And that's how I psych myself up because by the time you've done, you know, an hour pre-race of being fully present and so calm and relaxed and and focus just in that moment. It's an incredible feeling that you get of the the power that you feel after that hour of pre-race. It's like coming out of a deep meditation when the gun goes off and you're just able to just explode um, all this energy that you've saved up from uh, being so calm in the morning of the race. Yeah, I still get chills thinking about 
each year in Kona um, before Pete would jump in at the World Championships and he would get us all around, his family and friends there supporting him and he would uh, just say how thankful he was to each of us. He would give each of us a big hug and a big kiss and it was almost like he was taking all our good energy and vibes into the race with him for him to have a good day. It was always, um, yeah, a special moment. Yeah, it was very always very powerful and um, especially in 2012, you know, I think I was in probably crying a bit, um, just saying how much I loved everyone and thanks everyone for their support because love was my trigger word to be present and in the moment. Um, I told them to remind me to, that I loved the challenge, I loved the pain, I loved the opportunity to be there, that I loved all of them. And yeah, it, it was a very emotional morning. And it was always dark. It was like 5.30 in the morning because the gun would go off at, I don't know, 6am or something. So it was dark and we'd all be standing there at the jetty. Everyone would be quiet, huddling around. Um, <laughs> one or two mates would crack a little joke and uh, get a smile <laughs> out of me. But yeah, generally it was just super calm and just um, a very amazing, you know, electric um, atmosphere. And yeah, that was a little ritual that we had in, in Hawaii. And, um, but I recommend you do it for, for any Ironman where you've put in a lot of effort and commitment. It, it, it's, uh, it's worth taking that time out with your loved ones before the race and taking their energy with you. Um, but then again, you settle down, you move on from that emotional high and then calm yourself back down um, for the race start and just be completely present in the moment once again. So mm. next question. Excellent. That was a good question. Um, next off is Liz's question, how to cook meat without it going tough. Well, this is your specialty, Pete. Yes, I do cook quite a bit of meat. Um, quickly, I would say that in a, if it's in a slow cooker or a pressure cooker, you just need to cook it on high for a bit longer. That's going to make any of those um, tougher cuts just fall apart. You really can't go wrong with a tough cut. You just cook it for longer. And then it will fall apart. Um, good way of doing it is also make sure it's high heat so you can get a good sear and flavor on the outside. And then the outside can still be quite, you know, rare or medium, however you like it. I personally like it quite rare on the inside with a nice dark bit of flavor on the outside. Um, or I like it really, really rare. Um, and then another option is um, if, if you're finding steak is a bit tough, the steak that you're buying, um, lately a beautiful option for steak is to then put it in a food processor to mince it up make your own mince into some patties or or meatballs um, or just mince and it's just an amazing mince it's it's very different to the mince that you buy as delicious as just regular mince is if you mix up your own mince with a piece of steak um, it's amazing it's really good all the flavors there's so much surface area that comes out when you do that so you can't really go wrong. So if you've got a bit of steak that you think is going to be a bit not so great and a bit bland and a bit tough, put it in the food processor and make some little meatballs out of that. That's my, my tip for that. Um, yep, that'll do for, for meat. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah, I also love just putting in, I'll, I'll um, grate up some carrot and some zucchini. And if I had something like mince, I'll just put it into a saucepan with the carrot, zucchini, some onions, some some garlic, and then I put in smoky paprika, some cumin, and um, a little bit of tinned tomatoes, some coconut cream, and you've got an amazing uh, like curried mince. 
That's yep. one of my favorite. And I'll put that into lettuce leaves and I eat that like a, you know, like a taco. And if you are going to roast anything in a pan, make sure there's a bit of water in the pan so that it doesn't um, get all burnt on the bottom and that the water keeps the meat a bit moist. So chicken, lamb, beef, whatever it is. Um, and then if you are going to do a slow cook in the oven, you really need to make sure that it's sealed up really tight, like many layers of foil. Um, because if that's not sealed up when you're cooking low and slow in the oven with lots of liquid as well, um, that's not going to get you that nice fall apart lamb either. So getting a good seal is important. But the best thing you can buy, especially now being that a lot of us are eating all our meals at home, is invest in a pressure cooker. It also will be a slow cooker for you, but it's one of the best things that you can do. I think they start from around $100 or $130 Australian and um, yeah, you'll you'll never look back. So, so easy. Yep, it slow cooks, it pressure cooks, it cooks slow on high, slow on low, um, very, very versatile and um, yeah, easy, very easy. Awesome. Okay, next question comes from Kristen. I would love some inspiration for great little cardio workout slash program for home. If the gyms need to shut or we have to self-quarantine, I would love to have a go at a program. Well, since then, since that question from Kristen, gyms have shut for us anyway here in Australia, and we are exercising a lot from home. Um, Since Kristen's question, we have uploaded some guided meditations. So I'd recommend making that part of your program at home. I know it's not cardio. Um, And a couple of days ago, I did do some functional strength workout um, sessions, which are yet to be uploaded to YouTube, but we'll be uploading those as well. Pete would say that any movement is seen as exercise. Yeah, um, I sent out a little video to the guys that I coached the other day of just me in the garage, just doing pretty much any movement I can come up with. And my key point was there is no wrong movement. There is only doing too much weight or too many reps or doing a movement with tension. So as long as you're not doing it with too heavy a weight, doing too many repetitions or tensing up, like let's say your, your shoulders are up around your ears or you're gritting your teeth, those are the key markers and, and things that you do want to avoid that are going to leave you really sore and achy and risk injury. So really, any movement is good. Just think all the different rotational movements you can do with your, your hips, your knees, your shoulders, your arms, your elbows, like literally just move in any direction you can while holding some weight that you are relatively comfortable holding. and. That's it. I mean, don't just think, oh, I need to just look up what's been done before and move my arm in that direction. Move your arm in any direction you want. Do handstands. Move your shoulder blades just up and down a little bit as you're holding weight. Um, There's just endless options. Use some water bottles as weights. Use um, anything. A band. So I I know I've gotten... um uh, being that Ironman Kansas obviously gone and that was one of my goals, um, I've now started doing a lot more strength workouts that you would generally do in your pre-season, um, building up of your training. I've now gotten into some uh, functional strength training in the form of Pilates. So I'm using a band, I'm doing lots of like hip raises, some burpees, um, lots of like planking and side planks, um, different things that I haven't actually done for a couple of years. So I'm really getting back in 
to some functional strength workouts. Um, but we will be including those on our YouTube. So we'll be sure to tag you, Kristen, when they're uploaded. Yep. So my last advice is just do a bunch of things that you can come up with, a bunch of exercises that might take three minutes, set a timer, and then repeat those things that you just did maybe five times or maybe only twice is enough for you before you start to fatigue and don't go past the point of fatigue or you'll end up with the delayed onset muscle soreness and set yourself back a long way. So just keep it within reason, but repeat it a couple of times at least um, until you start to feel some fatigue and just do everything relaxed and, and don't worry about what specific movement you're doing um, at the moment. Just any movement is good movement. Um, that's some of the best advice I have ever gotten. Any movement is exercise. So next question, Jane. Uh, the next one is ideas for healthy snacks while at home. Your specialty. <laughs> I would start off by saying having boiled eggs in the fridge are always super easy go-to snacks, um, but you can also scramble an egg with some like coconut oil or some butter, for example, or as tallow. well because we're at home mm -hmm. or tallow. Uh, I also love uh, like tinned fish. So looking at like tinned tuna or tinned salmon and you can just add some red wine vinegar or some tamari sauce and ginger to that or some chili to make it a little bit more tasty. Uh, I also love having like hot, hot, hot cacao. So it's more or less like a hot chocolate, but it's cacao powder, which isn't as processed and I'll fill the cup up with three quarters of water and then I'll just top it up with whatever um, milk I want to have and a touch of honey and it's like a hot chocolate and that's personally one of my favorites or if you've got some broth in the slow cooker have a cup of broth with a little bit of fat in the form of ghee or butter in there and some one salt. of my one of my favorite snacks is just <laughs> having having the broth um, when it's cold in the fridge and it's like jelly I actually love that jelly texture of broth so that's one of my favourite go-tos. Uh, I can't do that. It has to be hot. <laughs> um, other snacks that you can have, we've been making eggs and egg and banana pancake. So it's more or less like a, uh, a smashed up banana with some eggs in a frying pan. And, and cinnamon. And it turns into like a pancake. Yeah, literally you can do it with half a banana or one banana, mash it up with two to three eggs, add cinnamon and then cook it in the fry pan, and that's, that's it. Maybe put a little bit of butter in the fry pan or ghee, um, and that's it. And it's a beautiful, tasty, to me, it's an absolute treat. The cinnamon makes it taste quite sweet. The banana makes it taste quite sweet. Um, you know, it's not something you want to have every single day, eating all that fat with the banana fructose at the same time. But, yeah, it's a great treat. Mm -hmm. And um, I've also put up a frittata recipe recently on YouTube. Um, so check that out. But if you have a pre-made frittata, um, and that's basically just eggs and veggies or eggs and smoked salmon, anything like that, you can just cut up a piece of that and that's a great healthy snack. So anything that you can see is uh, nutrient dense and a lot of the time that entails some sort of animal protein. Um, have that as a snack. If you've got healthy fats in the form of egg yolk, for example, or some avocado, um, it's also going to stop you from craving the sugars because it's going to fill you up and keep you fuller for longer. Um, so yeah, if you're getting in nutrient dense protein and some healthy fats, you're already winning. And some very, very low calorie options is just some really cold fizzy water, 
um, or some lemon-lime water, um, lemon-lime fizzy water. So yeah, they're options that might just quench what you're going after um, if you're feeling like a snack. And other times, I occasionally, it's electrolytes that are causing you to crave that water. Is it you're craving more, you feel hungry because you need more water um, or is it that you need more salt to quench that thirst? Um, so yeah, just some options to test out there with um, make sure you're getting enough electrolytes that that's not causing any of those sort of thought feelings of hunger or fatigue. Um, yep. Yeah, if you wanted something a little bit refreshing as well, you can always do if throw in a little bit of frozen banana or frozen mango with some protein or collagen powder, um, whatever liquid of choice, whether it's coconut water, coconut milk, normal milk, um, and you've got a bit of a smoothie as well. So Excellent. next question is from David. Do you set a heart rate goal for your harder sessions or go by pace or feel? Well, this could go on forever, but I'll try and keep it pretty short. <laughs> Basically, um, some days I am setting a heart rate goal, but at the end of the day, the overriding factor for me is the rate of perceived exertion or RPE as um, most people might know it as. So rate of perceived exertion is a score out of 10 that basically how hard does it feel so that's a really easy way to see how your stress levels are responding so you know you might be some days going at a relatively low heart rate but it feels really tough and so therefore you might be triggering some oxidative stress because you've got maybe a bit of a virus maybe you've got a lot of inflammation and so it feels really difficult to push because the oxygen's not getting through, you're increasing oxidative stress, um, but you, it would feel tough on a RPE scale out of 10. And so therefore, you know, okay, I won't go by heart rate if I try and get up to, say, math heart rate, your aerobic function, um, then that's going to cause too much oxidative stress. So you keep heart rate low, go off a rate of perceived exertion, and you're going to get a better... Um, response like you're not going to overdo it and likewise on the days that you feel really good the energy production is much higher there's plenty of oxygen you're well rested there's lots of blood flow everything's going really well and you might be able to push your heart rate a bit above that goal that you had um, with minimal ex minimal oxidative stress um, or any overall stress the nervous system's not going to kick in with you know all that sort of adrenaline and cortisol because mentally and physically, you still feel quite calm. So, you know, if you feel you've still got plenty of oxygen, if you feel calm mentally, physically, then that rate of perceived exertion is going to be lower than it normally would be at, you know, said heart rate. So, you know, I do think going off instinct is one of the best ways to train. And sometimes sticking to a goal, you will overdo it. And sometimes sticking to a goal, you might underdo it. So, yeah, um, every session sort of changes as it goes along. Um, you might start out feeling a bit flat and end up feeling really good towards the end. So um, yeah, things are always changing day to day, week to week, hour by hour, minute to minute. Um, so you've just got to stay in touch with your body and stay aware. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Thanks, Pete. Um, next question is whether you should take the gas off training for now or keep pushing full tilt with no race in sight. And that was asked by Harry. Um, I have to say one of my clients, um, she was aiming for a 5K, her first 5K run event, which was called off with COVID-19. And um, she 
she did it anyway on the weekend that she had set to do it. And ever since then, having been new to running, she's run a 5K each weekend, um, which is amazing. So it depends what thought process you are. Obviously, if you're training for an Ironman, you're not going to do an Ironman every weekend. Um, but I also think um, changing up your goals. So, for example, I've I've thought that I can mix up my training um, compared to what I had before. Mine now has includes a lot more restorative practices. I'm doing guided meditations, um, some yin yoga, some Pilates, stuff I haven't done for a very long time, and that's helping me. Pete's going to obviously have a whole other thought process. Yeah, my, my insights are, um, you know, that it's going to be many, many, many more months between what you thought you had before your next race. So I would definitely knock off the training volume a little bit um, just to keep yourself a bit fresher mentally and physically. Um, basically, if you had been doing, let's say you were like, okay, I'm going to do an Ironman in 10 weeks time and you were now doing big base mileage and you were doing five-hour bike rides, you know, now that five-hour bike ride might end up being, you know, every, every week for, you know, four or five months maybe until you can change to the next phase as, the, as a race, you know, becomes available again. So I would knock that back a little bit so that you're not fatiguing yourself. Um, I'd focus a little bit more on the restorative practices, so making sure that you are getting in a bit more foam rolling um, because it is going to be longer um, between now and the next race. So, you, you know, there's more chance that injuries might come up. So focus on foam rolling, focus on the recovery, the mobility, fascia mobility, um, and those sort of things um, just by knocking a little bit of percentage off your training load. Uh, and it may be also that you want to focus on some different targets. So um, I've gotten myself and, and the guys that I'm coaching to focus on a 20-minute um, sort of like a threshold test, FTP test, basically. So that means we're instead of doing like some big base mileage, we're doing shorter sessions. We're doing some short, hard efforts to focus on, you know, a different aspect of improving um, and a different goal, just to give us a different goal. And then once we've done the FTP, then we're going to focus on a different portion of training and have a different goal maybe just in two weeks' time after that. So those are the sort of things that uh, you, I can suggest. Just set different goals maybe every couple of weeks. Um, you can also just set goals daily and weekly and monthly just to keep you motivated on other things and um, without, you know, without feeling like you're going to overdo it and get yourself exhausted and um, be too tired of training. Yeah, the, at the, on the weekends now, I think to myself, what is going to make me happy this week? So I look at what I want my morning routine to be like because our local pool has um, shut and there's no swim squads. That was always one of my favourite sessions during the week was swim squads. Now I'm meeting um, friends down at the beach and doing open water swims at sunrise. So that's like a big, that's something I look forward to. I get a lot out of. So I think you want to ask yourself what's going to help your like mental frame of mind during this um, different time. What's going to make you happy and light you up and you're really going to find joy in, and that's got to be included in your training. Excellent. Um, 
You got the next question, Jane. Our next question is from Anne. And Anne asks, while I think we eat pretty well, are there any particular foods us older athletes should be including in our diets to assist with muscle maintenance and endurance? Great yeah. question, Anne. Yeah. Um, a lot of the time it's the same that everybody needs to focus on. But particularly with older athletes, you do need to focus on protein. Um, I think generally most people should be focusing on protein, but particularly older people, it's more important because things slow down. So perhaps you're not as hungry, so you just don't eat as much. So therefore your protein, if your protein was already something you weren't focusing on, suddenly it's becoming quite a small portion of your meal. And once it drops below a certain percentage of um, protein, so let's say 30, it's around 30 grams per meal, you're not going to kick in the protein synthesis triggers in your body to say, hey, we've got enough of the amino acids in our body to repair, rebuild cells. And that goes not just for muscles, but that goes for, you know, turning over skin cells and organ cells, um, your eyes, your hair, everything like that, that is on your body is made out of proteins. And so if you're not getting enough at each meal, um, that can be an issue. And then you take into account that as you get older, maybe your um, digestive acids aren't as good, so therefore you aren't breaking down those uh, proteins and absorbing them as well. So your protein absorption can then lower further. So that really needs to be a key. Am I getting 30 grams at three meals a day of protein to cover that protein synthesis threshold? Um, as I get older and you know that's something you just you really don't want to drop below you know let's say 30 grams for most people maybe you can get down to 20 grams if you're pretty healthy and you're a smaller female um, but really yeah you don't want to drop much below that at all um, or you might be yeah risk as I say risking getting enough protein and that can really be a factor with sarcopenia and osteoporosis and a few other weakening degenerative um, diseases that come and are quite common with aging people. Yeah, especially when it comes to brain health. So you really want those healthy um, anti-inflammatory fats in your diet in the form of eggs. So for that beautiful egg yolk um, with the choline in it, magnesium, zinc. So for older people too, keep in mind as we age, especially um, postmenopausal women, uh, we are more carbohydrate intolerant. So um, you don't need to eat as many carbohydrates because you will have a reaction, whether that's feeling fatigued, um, inf uh, developing more inflammation in your body, which in turns you won't sleep as well. You'll have uh, energy levels that are subpar. Um, you'll fall into a bit of a rut, depression, the list goes on. You really want to make sure that you're optimizing your nutrient-dense food and that, as Pete said, comes back to eating protein-rich food and to make um so yeah egg eggs are a great one um any form salmon of, some uh, good oily fish is is really good salmon yeah. sardines mackerel um any of those oily fish because then you get the dha that jane was talking about the healthy fats really important for brain health um and then of course red meat so if you're not eating much red meat and not much fish you're going to be really low in the dha from the if you're not eating the good seafoods 
And if you're not eating the red, good red meat, then you're not going to be getting a lot of other amino acids um, that come in red meat and a lot of other really beneficial um, things that come in red meat that are higher in red meat than others. So obviously iron is a huge one that is red meat. Um, then you've also got um, L-carnitine, which is really important as well for energy. Then you've also got things like glutamine, which is another amino acid really good for the gut lining um, health of your body. So, you know, these things are denser in red meat. If you just, and, and, and it might be like, well, I, I eat a lot, but if you're not focusing on how much you are eating of good seafood and good red meat a week, you might think, oh, I eat, I eat that, you know, every now and then. I eat it fairly regularly. But when you add it up, it may actually be if you take three meals a day and seven days, so you've got 21 meals, 21 main meals each week. And then if you think that, oh, yeah, I'm having red meat for dinner a few times a week, uh, or maybe it's twice a week, but it feels like a lot to you, and you're having fish twice a week, well, what are you doing the other meals? Because that's, you know, four meals out of 21 meals. And if you're not having enough in those other meals of other good sources of oily fish or red meat, you know, if, the, if, if every other meal is just substituted with, let's say, with um, chicken or, you know, just sort of other processed deli meats that are, are white and not red, um, or it might be something like tuna, too much tuna as well. There's obviously no fat in tuna. Um, and even if you're substituting with just lots of salads and vegetables and you're not actually getting that much red meat or quality seafood um, out of those 21 meals, you know, you're in, you might end up in a bit of trouble in later life. So really important to ask yourself seriously um, how many of those meals, of those opportunities to have high-quality nutrient-dense proteins and fats um, and as well, as I said, all those other aminos and minerals that really help, how often are you having them? Excellent. Thanks, Pete, for that. Um, <laughs> and the next question we have is from Cycling Doc. How to get faster on the bike without smashing your immune system? Um, yeah, okay, I'll jump in here. Um, so a couple of ways. Obviously, fairly long aerobic. So you want a fairly long up around math, maximum aerobic function, heart rate, which is 180 minus your age. Um, and then just make sure that you're supporting yourself on those rides. So if you do feel like you've got a poor immune system, uh, making sure that your electrolytes are really high throughout the day, during the ride, after the ride, um, and throughout the ride, you just stop when you need to stop. So part of the immune system is your nervous system as well. So if you have this ego that wants you to push through and not take a break and be like, oh no, I don't want to stop for a break. I've I've only been riding two hours and I've still got a bottle left in water. You know, obviously, A, first of all, you're not drinking much if you've still got a bottle out of, you only drunk one bottle in two hours. And B, your ego is making you go past where you probably should have just taken a break, had, had a few deep breaths, you know, enjoyed the view and had five minutes out where you can let your nervous system come back. Your ego can let go and, and ride away without you. So that's a big part of it, the nervous system and how you feel about riding. And is tension slowly creeping up in your body without you really noticing it? Um, 
And so that's a big thing. Just be aware of everything while you are doing a long aerobic. The other one would be short max efforts. So seven to 20 seconds of absolute max effort. They need to also be done with a really calm mind. So there shouldn't be much emotional change between riding along really easy and then building the pace up to doing seven to 20 seconds flat out. There really shouldn't be much stress on your body. You shouldn't be psyching yourself up emotionally to jack up your nervous system of adrenaline to get through a 20-second effort. You really should be able to go absolutely flat out without having to psych yourself up. It should be very calm exchange between the effort and the recovery. There shouldn't be big difference. So be aware of your emotional state and um, take care of your nervous system while you're doing those max efforts that are just max efforts for your muscles. Don't stress yourself out. I um, will I will also add – oh, sorry, Pete. No, you're all right. I was yep, done. I was also going to add um, when it comes to your immune system, also just beware that the more – uh, like sugars, processed sugars, so refined sugar that you're having outside of training, the more that you're jeopardizing your immune system. Um, and also the if you're not getting seven to nine hours sleep each night consistently, um, you're also jeopardizing your immune system. So, um, yeah, just be wary that it is very holistic in the sense of how your immune system works. So you want to be feeding it nutrient-dense food and you also want to optimize sleep. Yep. And the last type of effort I would say is that, you know, from 20 seconds to 60 seconds where it's not stressing your body out for very long, but it is, it's not a max effort, but it is like a very intense effort um, up to around a minute. And with those and the max efforts, just heaps of rest between. So some people might do more like Tabata where it's, you know, basically 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off, repeat that 10 times. Um, that's going to really stress your immune system out. It's much better if you want to get that power response from a max effort um, up to one minute effort, then make sure you've got heaps of recovery, like at least three minutes um, is what I recommend so that you are getting that nervous system back down to the, um, you know, homeostasis, everything's calm. And then you can do another solid effort. So just basically lots of rest in between. Um, take breaks throughout your aerobic ride as well. Um, yep, that's the that's main advice that I can give right now for, for getting faster on the bike without smashing your immune system. And would you also be recommending um, some like heavy load, low reps in the gym? Yep, definitely. Good work. Um, that would be an excellent option. So strength efforts uphill in a low gear where you're really having to grind and focus on in activating your glutes. Um, so that's really good, low cadence efforts. And then, of course, in the gym as well. Yep, low, maximum low rep uh, weighted efforts. Um, don't do that with free weights, obviously. That's a bit dangerous. But where you can do fairly max efforts on a leg press um, that's, that's got safety um and then just do some moderate weighted efforts as well for glutes like deadlifts um and lunges and those sort of things where you can get really good activation really good strength with minimal reps minimal impact or almost zero impact absolute zero impact on your nervous system and your cardio system but you're getting those strength responses through yep 
lots of different avenues. Thanks. And and the mindset behind having uh, like heavy weights in the gym or, um, you know, going up a hill in a hard gear is because you're more or less increasing your testosterone. And the more testosterone you have, you would think you should be um, faster and stronger in terms of power to weight ratio on the bike. So anything that helps increase that testosterone is a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Anything legal. <laughs> through yeah, anything exercise. Anything legal, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Just through through different through short max efforts of exercise. Yeah. And that also includes sleep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm a bit of a sleep Nazi. Um next question is from Harry and he would like to know if there's an optimum window after training to consume protein and carbs and if a shake is as good as a meal. Um, I would, <laughs> this is more or less uh, my domain, but I would recommend for women, ideally you have some sort of protein and carbs within a 30-minute window, especially of a hard workout, a more strenuous workout. Um, and that's just going to help um, hormones function well. It's also going to help you recover. So if you do have, you know, a heavy day of working or family or a second session later on in the day, it just sets you up for good recovery. But most importantly, it's helping with muscle protein synthesis. So if you're having that 20 to 30 grams of protein in that one sitting, it's helping you retain any um, muscle and helps you seek any um, adaptation from the workout that you've done so you can improve and get stronger and get better at what you're doing. Um, that's the whole point of what we're doing. So yeah, ideally for women, it would be within that 30 minute window. I am aware with men, it's slightly different. You have a bit longer to be able to get in um, the protein and the carbs. And, that, and it probably Pete, you depends. might have another. Well, it probably opinion. depends on your age and your health status as well, um, things like that. So, mm. you know, when you're young, you don't need to eat as much protein because your hormones are there and can do more of the carrying and producing of um, some of those amino acids internally. Um, but as you're older, um, you do require to eat more, and you can't rely on your hormones to do it as much. So, I would I would recommend. Yep that you just still focus on similar similar to what Jamie said for women. Um, definitely. And yeah, that would be a good, good recommendations. And the question about my input about whether a shake is good or not. Um, yeah, I would say a shake is good, but really just try to go for a plain whey protein. If you do eat dairy, um, whey protein is an excellent source of protein. And, but try and get a plain one because any of those that have flavors added i mean if you think this is something that you might have on a regular basis um that flavor regularly let's say it's almost daily um you might get quite addicted to the sweetness of that flavor constantly and then also that it's a processed flavor most of the time you know there's been processed sweeteners so it may even be a low carb sweetener that's really processed you know i i think it's better to have a bit of ex just sugar Rather than some of those low-carb processed fake sweeteners, um, you're better off because they can play just as much havoc or more havoc on your internal systems than not. Um, if you consider, mm -hmm. to go off track a tiny bit quickly, um, everything that's not natural is man-made. Um, so if you consider that at one end of the spectrum, you've got everything natural, so that's natural flavorings. Um, and at the other end of the spectrum, you've got things that are man-made that include toxins and 
pollutants and plastics and all of these other things that do find their way into our body um, and, you know, processed unnatural flavorings and things are somewhere along that spectrum. So they may not be as toxic for you as plastic, um, but they aren't as natural for your body to um, compute and digest the information of that's come in with that. And then it has to do something with those chemicals that are bonded in unnatural ways. So just stick with natural stuff as much as possible because anything else is along that spectrum somewhere towards those pollutants and toxins and plastics that end up in our system. And we've got enough of those to deal with just in, in modern day world that get their way into our body without going out and actually sourcing them um, in something that just because it might taste a bit better or be a bit lower calorie or whatnot. And because when we're exercising, we're place, placing a lot of oxidative stress on our system or on our gut lining already, you don't need to hamper that more or um, make that more pro pronounced uh, with, um, you know, an unnatural sweetener. Um, but I also recommend if you can find it, some grass-fed whey protein is like the ideal if you can. I know there's a really good company that I forget now that's in New Zealand. Um, but any grass-fed whey powder, it generally comes from New Zealand, Australia or Ireland. Um, apparently it's good sources Tasmania. of whey protein. Oh, yeah, Tasmania. Australia is good ones. <laughs> well, there's been some great questions today and we just – haven't been able to get through all of them. So we are going to do a part two, but we just want to say a big, big thank you to everyone, especially also Modex for fueling us <laughs> with your content ideas and your questions. We absolutely love answering them. It really lights us up. So thank you. Yeah, it makes us think a lot and makes us better coaches and people and it's uh yeah it's it's good so hopefully we'll get on to this second one straight away and it'll be out very soon after this